This is Chaos Cast, the Chaos Community Podcast, where we share use cases and experiences with measuring open source community health, elevating conversations about metrics, analytics, and software from the Community Health Analytics Open Source Software, or short Chaos Project, to wherever you like to listen. Welcome to this episode. This podcast is sponsored by our friends at Sustain, a community of open source enthusiasts and professionals that care about the future of open source. Learn more at sustainoss.org. On the panel today are Matt Germanprey. Hi, everybody. It's nice to be here today. I'm Matt Germanprey, and I'm uh, one of the founders of the Chaos Project, what feels like many years ago. <laughs> Yeah, and I continue to remain on, on the board of the Chaos Project. I'm also a faculty member at the University of Nebraska at Omaha in the College of Information Science and Technology. It's great to be here. Welcome, Matt. Also, Kevin Lombard. Uh, hello, my name is Kevin Lombard. I'm a PhD candidate at the University of Nebraska, Omaha. It's really good to, to be here chatting with you. I've been working with Chaos for, for a few years now, and I really enjoy it. Welcome, Kevin. And myself, Georg Blink. Hi, everyone. Good to be back with you. I'm a co-founder of the Chaos Project, co-lead of the governing board, and I work at Petrucci as the director of sales. And I'm super excited to be here today with Yash and Ritik, two Google Summer of Code students who worked with us this summer of 2021 on automating the chaos metric release. But before we jump into those details and conversations, Yashan Ritik, if you would like to introduce yourself, where you're from, what you're doing outside of chaos and within chaos, we'd love to hear from you. Maybe, Yash, maybe you can start. Hi, everyone. I'm an undergraduate at the Indian Institute of Technology, BHU Varnasi from India. I like to explore web development. And other than that, I'm into competitive programming too, learning about data structures and algorithms. In my free time, I like to travel. I'm a pet lover. And other than that, I'm a foodie at heart. Awesome. Welcome, Yash. Ritik, you want to go next? Hello, everyone. I'm Ritik Malik, and I'm currently pursuing my bachelor's from IIIT Delhi in my final year and would be graduating next summer. So currently, I'm mostly into networking and security stuff. I like to learn about new tools and technology. In my spare time, I like to play volleyball and badminton. That's awesome. Thank you so much for being here with us today. How did you hear about the Chaos Project and get interested in joining us for Google Summer of Code? So it all started on a random morning when I first heard that my college was hosting a workshop about Google Summer of Code and open source. So from there, I learned what actually an open source community is, what the Google Summer of Code program is. And to be honest, I was very interested and I was keen on participating this summer. So after that, I started looking for organizations. Chaos caught my eye because of the very simplified structure it had. and it was very easy as a contributor to get started. Everyone was really helpful. And when the projects were released, 
I found one that was suited to my needs and my interest. And from there we began. Yeah. So my introduction with Abhit Chaos was from last year. So initially when I was in my first year, I had a great interest in Google Summer of Code. I used to watch my seniors. They all used to participate in that. But at that time, I did not have the exact skill set. So I spent another year preparing for it and working on my communication skills. I also applied last year in some other organization, but I did not make it. Then I again started looking for more orgs this year. Then I thought, why not ask my colleagues? Her name was Ria and she has worked with Chaos last year. She did some great work. And then I was interested in Chaos due to the organized structure. And she told me how easy it was for new contributors. The people were really good and welcoming. I'd say that's great to hear from both of you that it was good for new contributors. That's reassuring. Could you both tell us just a little bit about the Mars project? You know, kind of what the the connection was with Google Summer of Code. And then, you know, maybe from there we can dig a little bit deeper into the project itself. So the Mars project actually stands for Metrics Automated Release System. And it's a software that, you know, basically gathers all the metrics that Chaos has produced, developed, and published. And it releases a PDF form report of the OS metrics. So we can distribute it to anyone who is interested in the work that Chaos does. So the main point of Mars was to automate this process because due to the large number of metrics that Chaos is producing every year, it wasn't possible to do it manually. So that was the main reason why we chose to go ahead with Mars. I can add here what the process was before you developed Mars. And Kevin can speak to this even more because Kevin and I were managing the metric release process. And it would involve a lot of manual tasks. And one of the ones that we automated with Mars is that PDF generation. And now, if you don't want to hear a crappy process, then cover your ears for the next minute. We would go to the website where we have published all of the chaos metrics and we would create a print PDF of each metric, create a file for each metric from the website, and then merge them together into one final PDF that would be our released metrics. And so first publishing the metrics on the website, then printing them as PDFs. Of course, we had to remove the menu and the footer and the header from the website. And at first that was manual as well, going into the code of the website, removing that manually. Later, I used a, a user script with GreaseMonkey that would automatically remove it. But it was really painful to create that PDF of the chaos metrics. Kevin, do you want to add something to the process? Yes, to Geek's point, it was, uh, it's very painful. Ever since we started releasing these metrics and started collecting them on the website, I have been increasingly worried about how this process could scale, especially when, for example, in, in this release, we're releasing 16 new metrics and we have 
two releases a year. So within a very short period of time, we were amassing a, a rather large collection of metrics. Uh, so scaling how we store, organize, and, and share these metrics has been a very important concern for me. And the Mars project certainly alleviates part of my concern for that. So based on this manual process that has gotten us through the first few releases, we've learned a lot about what we wanted. So it was good for prototyping what the final result should be. And then Ritik and Yash, you joined to help us automate this. And maybe now is a good time to go into a little bit more detail on how you actually solved this problem with Mars. How does it work? What are the components involved in it? So that in the end, we do get a PDF that has all of the chaos metrics. And if I may add, now it's as simple as a click of a button, which I'm super excited about. So to generate the PDF, we are using Latex. The reason to choose Latex is that it's the standard for academic papers and reports. It has immense options for customizing anything and everything. And it was also a good excuse to learn a new technology, but it does come with a steep learning curve because sometimes it's just difficult to debug errors and fixing font size, etc. But I still don't feel any regret for choosing Latex for Mars. So a high-level overview of the Mars workflow would be that we manage it through a YAML file as a raw input. This YAML file stores the basic information and location about each matrix, let's say to which repository it belongs or which metric should be included and in which order and from which branch. Then we convert these markdowns to latex and apply the proper formatting and other elements. Like we need to set the borders, the headers, the footers, the color of the links. And then we convert this latex to a single PDF to generate a beautiful report with a click of a button. I'm interested. So there's the technical component that is Mars. And I, I know there were some as you mentioned, Ritik, some challenges in learning some of the technical aspects, but there were also some community aspects of getting Mars implemented as well. So essentially the, the chaos project, like many open source projects, has a variety of repositories across the chaos organization. And over time, the work that was done in each of the repositories became unique <laughs> within each one of the repositories. So can you talk a little bit too about how you had to consider the work of the community and how the working groups within those repositories worked and the structures that they had to, to follow and the connection with the Mars project as well, the technical components? So for connecting these things together, we made a proper guidelines. Like these are the guidelines that a working group should follow and the focus area should follow. And then we have the particular metric templates. This helped us to achieve a uniform order in the chaos repositories. Yeah, these guidelines have been really helpful because what we found is that the working groups started to have their own unique flavors of how they stored the metrics, how they formatted them. And so with your help, and I know you've created a lot of pull requests to make this happen. All of the working groups in chaos now follow the same standard way of representing metrics, storing them in their repositories, really making chaos feel more like a whole again, and not so much differences between the working groups. 
So that's something that I'm really happy that you've done for the chaos project and simplifying the process and standardizing it across the different working groups. Yeah, I can talk more about the standardization. I've basically worked on almost every working group. So I was well familiar with the structure of each working group. I attended the meetings of each working group to learn what was the purpose of having those structure. And at the same time, we wanted to also create a similar structure for the translations too, because the goal of the project was we not only wanted to automate the English release of the report, we also wanted to automate the release of the translations. So it was essential that the structure in the original working group repositories was somewhat similar to the one that we had in the translations. So I basically attended a lot of the meetings in each working group with the translations community, and we were able to come up with a structure and a process which we felt that everyone could easily follow and would at the same time also work for Mars. Personally, over the course of summer, I thought that was, to your point, Yash, the, attending the working groups was one of the, the best things that happened, is taking time to learn how the working groups worked, learn how they were subtly different from one another, and then aggregating a smooth way of creating consistency across the working groups. And I personally, attending many of the working groups too, I don't think there was any real concern from any of the working groups. I think each pull request was kind of unique to each working group within those repositories to kind of nudge that group in line with what Mars needed. So, you know, I really applaud both you and Ritik for taking the time to understand how the working groups work and and aligning that with the technology that is Mars. I think it's a, a great lesson for a lot of people. And I, I would add that you say taking the time, that, that is a lot of time. That's, that is hard work. And there, there aren't that many people in the project that have such a broad, high-level view of, of what's going on. You're probably one of maybe five or six people that attend almost every meeting or were attended every, almost every meeting. And it really was an important step in, in understanding what this project needed to accomplish. So it, it really helped you define your problems that we needed to solve. So very important design step. Other than the coding, I would add that attending the meetings was one of the favorite parts of the project. I got to learn a lot about the community. And, you know, there were so many people. Like Chaos is connected globally with so many people. Once I was in a call with people who were from five different time zones and they all have their own stories. They all have their cultural background. So it's really amazing to be with them and learn. Plus one to that. While we're on the topic of connecting and reaching out and being with the community, I know this is one of the stated goals of Google Summer of Code is to really bring in people to open source communities and show the way that this works. And even before we started the project, it was one of the strengths that the two of you demonstrated during the early and community engagement phase and the application phase. You two were really excellent at showing up, finding ways to contribute small steps and working with the community to 
make a positive impact even before the project started. So really, this was one of the reasons why we selected you as students, because you showed that capacity to really work well with the community. I think that's certainly good advice to to any anyone out there who is thinking about doing Google Summer of Code. I agree with you completely. I think that your commitment to coming in and getting to know the community and coming to meetings was, was a big reason that we chose both of you. So for Yash and Ritik, I, I am kind of curious, over the course of Google Summer of Code, right, of the last several months or so, what's changed as far as your understanding of open source at large, not even necessarily the Chaos Project, but has anything changed for you in terms of how you think about open source engagement? Earlier, I had the opinion that unless you had somewhat basic level of skill set, you couldn't participate or contribute in an open source project. I'm happy to say that the opinion has changed. Even if you fix a typo, that contribution is valued within an open source project and is not neglected. Everyone is very welcoming and they certainly appreciate whatever help you can provide. And if you just ask, they would certainly be willing to help you grow further. So I feel I have grown a lot personally over the course of this summer. And I would like to thank the Chaos Project for that. Earlier, I used to hypothesize that open source meetings and uh, people doing stuff together must be like some boring meetings or they used to be forcefully doing the stuff. But all of that has changed after contributing to Chaos Project. I mean, the meetings were so full of fun. People used to talk about each other, the stuff's happening in their life. And so, yeah, my opinion has changed quite a lot after this experience. While open source software today is powering critical infrastructure, the open source ecosystem as a whole is rapidly changing, facing challenges for governance, maintenance, maintainer burnout, funding, marketing, and more. Are you concerned about these things for your open source software too? Well, in the Sustain community, we discuss these challenges and share solutions for how to sustain open source in the long haul. We meet once per year in person, and the rest of the time we keep the fire burning in our discourse forum. Join our conversations at sustainoss.org and sustainoss on Twitter. So, looking into the future, we've completed the Google Summer of Code project. We are, I think, 20 days away from releasing the first Chaos Metrics release that is produced by the Mars project. And I appreciate that you're hanging around to help us with that. And we hope all goes well, but we'll fix anything that comes up during that process. But then looking out into the future, where do you want to go from here? Has Google Summer of Code given you some new ideas maybe, or what's your plan? I still have a couple of years until I graduate. It's 2024 when I graduate. So I still have some time to figure out what I actually want to do. Until then, I'm basically on the lookout for new opportunities. Google Summer of Code was one of them that I really love. And, you know, I want to explore more about the opportunities that are there. I want to learn more. And we'll see from there where do I actually want to go. The first thing that I've decided is that I will continue to participate in open source and contribute to the Chaos Project. And then right now I'm currently also participating in my campus placements for securing a job. 
it's my last year so i'm looking for in in the field of networking and security and i'm also exploring a lot of other stuff right now i think it's great to hear that <laughs> finish school right <laughs> that's kind of a top priority but staying involved in in open source and and the chaos project i mean i'll tell you you're both more than welcome <laughs> to stay and contribute in the chaos project you know Ritik, I'm thinking like if you're interested in network and security, right? That obviously, you know the whole risk working group and thinking about metrics that are relevant in that space, even just helping contributing to the overall flow of the chaos project too, if it's not just metrics in a local working group. So that's great. That's great. And once, once you get your t-shirts, it'll even be more, <laughs> you'll be even more embedded in the project. So <laughs> that'll be great. One of the things I'd like to point out about the Mars project that we didn't really get into earlier is that through this work actually helped define the process by which we're translating our metrics into uh, different languages. It was a fairly complex problem for us to solve. So we really appreciate the work that was, that was done there. And it's still a little bit of an ongoing process, but getting us to where we're at right now is a huge first step. Agreed. The amount of distance that has been covered <laughs> between the automated release of not only just the English versions, but thinking about how the translated versions of the metrics are handled as well. I mean, these are two obviously related, but somewhat distinct tasks in the process. So agreed. Huge strides. I would say finding common ground between the metrics release team and the translations team was one of the toughest tasks that I did over the summer. How so? Why is that? That was because for translations, we wanted that someone would inform the translations team. The translations team wanted that there could be other methods by which they could translate. Or if someone could, you know, go and give them a heads up, that would be great and give them the specific details. The metrics release team did not want to overcomplicate the process at the same time. so. That was one of the toughest tasks that we create a simple yet an effective process. And one of the nice things that came out of this defined process, if anyone is interested in the process, it's in our community handbook. And we have a nice uh, chart that shows the different steps. It's really beautiful with colors and boxes and arrows. And it really helps to visualize what are the steps from defining a metric or updating a metric, what are the different issues being created, the different repositories that are being touched, when does it trigger an alert to the translation team that, hey, there's something to translate. There were a lot of steps involved in this and really simplifying this through many iterations was a huge step forward. And one of the things that really like that came out of this is we now have a chaos metric quality checklist that as we are ramping up for a metric release, all the working groups, they can copy paste this checklist into the issue where we are discussing the new or edited metric. And then just by going through the checklist, we are making sure that yes, we have let the translation team know that here's a change. 
yes, we have made sure that the metric file complies with all the requirements that the technical Mars project has so that we can generate the PDF and we don't have to go back later and fix line spacing or whatever small technical issues we might run into. So I really like how this technical solution and the process solution that you've worked on has improved the way that chaos works in releasing metrics. And when you say we have to go back and fix that, who are you referring to? Well, probably you, Kevin. And you as well. Yeah, the the quality checklist is saving us both a a ton of of work that uh, was part of the uh, release process prior. I can add to that. So the software that we use to convert Markdown to PDF is Pandoc, and it actually has some limitations. So like some of them were that the text overflows out of the pages or the images, you know, they overflow out of the pages. So, and the tables don't completely wrap. So there were some limitations with the software. So we had to find a solution that could not put too much burden on the working groups. And at the same time, that would help get us the required input. I guess that was one of the reasons why creating metrics quality checklist was very important. I think it really helps us standardize what those metrics look like as well. And I think it's it's really important that the these metrics release documents that we are creating look the same across all of the working groups. I know the in Mars the primary purpose for doing it was to make the uh, PMDOC work. However, for the community in general, this standardization, I think, really helps us create a a consistent and standard product across work groups. So maybe going back a little bit, what was your favorite part about this Google Sum of Code experience in the Chaos Project? My favorite part was that I learned a lot of social interaction and communication skills. Like earlier, I was really anxious. A quick backstory to it. I participated in the first meeting. I was just sitting around with my camera off, microphone off. I was just around to see what happens in a regular meeting. I think Sean pointed out, he said like, hey, there's a new member. Can you please give a quick introduction of yourself? I was like, okay, I was eating something. (laughs) I just quickly unmute myself. Hi, I'm Vitek Malik. My mic is broken. (laughs) So... (laughs) That was my initial impression on the community. So after that, it has been a long journey to improve my communication skills and social interaction. That was my favorite part about this, having the weekly meetings, because I've heard in other projects, like people used to have like IRC chats and slacks, but the weekly video calls were fun. I would also say the same. Other than the code, the community engagement was my favorite part of the process. It's one thing to talk on IRC or instant messaging channels. It's a totally different thing to communicate on video calls and sync up about the project's progress. Thanks to the mentors for being on time to each weekly meeting and guiding us through. Again, these are really reassuring things to hear (laughs) within the, the project, so that's good. Thanks to both of you. And I'd say my biggest takeaway was just 
you know, getting to interact with Yash and Ritek. It's been great getting to know you over the course of Google Summer of Code and really been impressed by the work you've been doing. So thanks. I'm curious if they're reflecting on your experiences in joining this community. Was there something that was really helpful for you or something that was possibly missing in, in finding out information about the community or getting started? I would say that the master contributing file that we have in the community repository was the best place to start. It even has the instructions on how to push and pull in the repository. So I would say that it's the best place to start and not a lot of open source projects, you know, start from the very basic. So I want to say that thanks for doing that. It really helps. When I started contributing to Chaos initially, before the application period, I just followed the steps that were given in the uh, readme's and contributing, and it was easy to follow. That's really great to hear and good feedback as we are reflecting always on our own project and our own practices, how we can improve those. So thank you so much for that feedback. Now, we are slowly coming up on the end of our time today. So if people hear you here on this podcast, saw your work in the Chaos community and want to stay in touch and keep up to date on your work, where are you online? Where can people follow you and reach out to you? I would say that for me, LinkedIn is the best place to connect. I'm pretty active there. Other than that, if there are any opportunities or info, I would say email would be the second best. If you are interested in my projects, I'm pretty active on GitHub too. If they want to reach me out, I would say the formal way would be LinkedIn or an email. For informal way, I would prefer Telegram. And if someone wants to follow the projects, I usually keep posting them on my GitHub. That's awesome. So at the end of every Chaos Cast episode, we like to do a round of value ads. Where we talk about something that has brought value, joy, or meaning to our lives. And I want to highlight a service, Bark.us, that we've recently discovered. It's branded itself as the best comprehensive parental control tool for families. And as I've talked about before, we are foster parents. So we have kids coming in and out of our house sometimes. And we just want to make sure that they have good social skills, when they use technology. And Bark.us allows us to not really monitor what the kids are doing online because it's an AI engine that only alerts us if there's something concerning. So if there's some bullying going on, if there is uh, suicidal ideation, depression, whatever might be concerning, it sends us notification and then we can look into that. And so we can give our kids, the freedom to have technology be online and explore their social interactions with their peers at school and online without constantly having to monitor what they're doing. And then Bark just lets us know if there's something concerning, then we can talk with them, help them to develop better skills online. So Bark.us is something that over the last couple of weeks has been bringing value into our life. Who wants to share a value at next? When we went into lockdown for the pandemic, I found myself really missing music, actually. So 
I guess you don't really realize how much music you listen to just driving in the car to and from work. So staying home, it was a, probably a couple months before I realized that I just wasn't listening to music anymore. So one of the moves that I've made over this past year and a half was to actually sit and listen to a, a full album a day. So I've been just taking some time and just sitting and, and listening to, to music for a, a set period of time in the morning. It's been very helpful for my mental health. I can certainly get behind that, Kevin. <laughs> Listening to a whole album, there's something to be said for that, too, especially when it's not just a playlist or part of a station. But albums are put together to be listened to from top to bottom. So that's, that is right on. My value add is I don't normally talk about myself or my family, but my son has been going on some college recruiting trips. He's going to be a collegiate swimmer, and we're pretty excited about this. And so I've had a chance to kind of participate in that process and, and meet coaches and see schools and just kind of be part of an experience that I certainly never had <laughs> when I was somebody looking at college. So um, it's new to me, and it's really quite interesting. So that's been a lot of fun. And congratulations to your son. That's yeah, really thanks. awesome. Ritik, Yash, do you have a value add you would like to share today? Yeah, I can share one. Over the past few weeks, I have been overworking a lot and haven't really got much time to take breaks. So I decided that some days are not for work at all. We should just keep a calm mind and do what you love on that day. It's not necessarily work, something other than work which you enjoy doing. Maybe a hobby, maybe eat. That would be my value. I can second that. To me, Sundays are the days where I don't even open my emails. Ritik, um, do you have a value I would like to share today? My value add would be that I learned a new sport, snooker. So I just came to campus a month ago and I saw my seniors playing snooker. So I was like, okay, it's a new game. I want to play it too. So they teach me a bunch of new tricks like. They taught me backspin, topspin, and swirl. So that was really cool and a new sport to me. That's awesome. It is time to say thank you. Thank you, Ritik and Yash, for being really awesome Google Sum of Code students. And thank you for coming on to the Chaos Cast today to share your experience with us. It was my pleasure. It has been a pleasure working with Chaos under the Google Summer of Code, and I hope to contribute further. And thank you, Matt and Kevin, for mentoring Ritik and Yash this summer and coming on to the podcast as well to share the work that we have done over the summer. You bet. Happy to be here. Yes, definitely. And thank you, dear listener, for joining us today. To stay up to date on future episodes, Subscribe for free to this podcast on your favorite podcast app. Share this podcast with your friends and colleagues. If you have ideas for future episode topics or would even like to come on as a guest, please email us podcast at chaos.community. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Until next time, your chaos community. <laughs>